மாடர்ன் ஹிஸ்ட்ரி அட்வென்ட் ஆஃப் யூரோப்பியன்ஸ் பார்ட் டூ த டச் ஃப்ரம் நெதர்லாண்ட் ஆர் ஹாலாண்ட் அஸ் போர்ச்சுகீஸ் பவர் வேவர்ட் இன் தி ஆஃப்டர் மேத் ஆஃப் தி ஸ்பானிஷ் யூனியன் த டச் டுக் ஓவர் ஃப்ரம் தம் த டச் கேம் டு இண்டியா ஃபார் ட்ரேட் தே வர் இனோவேட்டிவ் பீப்புள் இன் பிஸ்னஸ் ஆஸ் வெல் அஸ் இன் ஷிப்பிங் டெக்னிக்ஸ் தே ஹேட் டிசைன்ட் த ஃப்ளூட் ஷிப் த ஃப்ளூட் which was made lighter and required a smaller crew thus reducing its operating costs these ships eventually proved to be superior to the bulkier and slower portuguese ships cornelius de hootman 1596 in 1596 cornelius de hootman was the first dutch traveler to reach india Dutch East India Company 1602 in 1602 the Dutch East India Company was formed and the Dutch parliament gave it a charter empowering it to make war and peace with other states acquire territories and build fortresses but the main interest of the Dutch was in the Indonesian archipelago and the spice islands and not India they soon pushed out the portuguese from the malay straits and the indonesian spice islands of java and sumatra and even defeated english attempts there however they discovered that indian trade was necessary to carry out trade with southwest asia as there was a good demand of indian cloth there in return indians demanded pepper and spices hence the credit of first making indian cloth as an item of export goes to the dutch dutch factories in 1605 the first dutch factory was established at masulipatnam in andhra the second factory was set up in 1606 at petapulli nizampatnam In 1610 the Dutch designed treaty with the king of Chandragiri and established their headquarters at Pulikat hence they minted their gold coins called pagodas they soon established trading depots at Surat Broch Kambe Ahmedabad in Gujarat Cochin in Kerala Nagapatnam or Nagapattinam in Madras Masulipatnam in Andhra Chinsura Gustavas Fort and Peepli in Bengal Mahi on the Malabar coast Agra in present day Uttar Pradesh and Patna in Bihar Dutch factories were also established at Kazim Bazar Karaikal Balasur Barangnur and Golconda In 1690 The Dutch headquarters was transferred from Pulikat to Nagapattinam. The head of Dutch factories were called factors who were classified as traders and the Dutch model of trade was based on cartel or cooperative system cooperative system. The Dutch struck many decisive blows to the Portuguese at Goa, Malabar, Ceylon Malacca, Colombo and Cochin virtually replaced the Portuguese but meanwhile an important rival the English had emerged Anglo-Dutch rivalry 
in 1623 amboina massacre took place in indonesia where the dutch killed 10 englishmen and 9 japanese after the massacre the dutch began to restrict themselves to malay archipelago and the english to india in 1979 the dutch were defeated by the english in the decisive battle battle of bedara in bengal ending the dutch power in india the english however had to bitterly contest another european rival the french before emerging fully victorious at the end of 18th century the english east india company 1600 england too had become impatient to participate in the profitable asian trade in 1599 a company to trade with the east was formed under the auspicious group of merchants known as the merchant adventurers the company popularly came to be known as the east india company or eic nickname john company in 1600 the east india company was granted a royal charter by queen elizabeth giving it the exclusive privilege of trading east of the cape of good hope for a period of 15 years as compared to the dutch company it was a much smaller concern its chief asset was a simple organization a court of 24 directors elected annually by the general court of shareholders in the beginning the english company concentrated on spice trade the initial voyages of the company were made to the spice islands in indonesia soon the english discovered the importance of indian goods especially textiles as a barter commodity for spice trade thus in 1608 surat in gujarat established at the as the trade transit point and the company ships were docked there the company now planned to open a factory at surat in gujarat and captain hawkins was sent to negotiate the consent with the mughal emperor captain hawkins in 1608 captain william hawkins was sent as a representative of the english company to the court of jahangir to obtain permission to open a factory at surat hawkins was the first englishman to set foot on english on the indian soil surat 24th august 1608 he could speak turkish language and he came in a ship named hector he arrived at surat and from there he went to the court of jahangir at agra in 1609 the english company was given permission by a royal farmer to open factories on the west coast but the english were not satisfied with this concession as they wanted permission for the whole of the country moreover hawkins had to leave agra owing to portuguese intrigue and the english realized that they would first have to deal with the portuguese before gaining favors from the mughals english factories a factory was merely a trading post within which were located the warehouses offices 
and houses of the company's employees it is noteworthy that no manufacturing activity was carried out in this factory early factories in 1611 the english opened their first factory in the south at masulipatnam machlipatnam in 1611 itself the english defeated the portuguese in the battle of sveli hole near surat this convinced jahangir and the english were allowed to set up a permanent factory at surat in 1613 in 1615 taking the policy of expansion further sir thomas roe was sent by king james first as an ambassador to the court of jahangir roe was successful in obtaining royal farman permitting the british to trade and establish factories in all parts of the mughal empire soon the english be- began to feel insecure in absence of fortified settlements and made an attempt to fortify surat in 1625 but the mughals frustrated the attempt and imprisoned the english the english then decided to shift their focus to south india and direct confrontation with the mughals was avoided conditions in south india were more favorable to the english as they did not have to face a strong indian government there the great vijayanagara kingdom had been overthrown in 1565 and its place taken up relatively smaller and weaker states madras 1632 sultan of golconda issued a golden foreman in favor of the english permitting them to trade freely from the parts of golconda on annual payment of 500 pagodas in 1639 francis day was able to obtain madras on lease from the raja of chandragiri and shifted the center of english activity to madras the raja allowed english to fortify madras to administer it and to coin the money on the condition that they will pay him half the customs revenue of the port thus the english set up a factory and built a small small fort around it called fort st george in 1690 the british bought the fort devanampattanam near madras and named it as fort st david bengal in 1651 the hooghly the first english factory in bengal was set up upon receiving permission from sultan shuja second son of emperor shah jahan the subadar of bengal in 1658 all establishments of the company in bengal bihar orissa and coromandel coast were brought under the control of fort st george In 1690, Job Charnog established a factory at Sutanuti, which was fortified in 1696 and called it Fort William. In 1698, the English company obtained from Subedar of Bengal, Azim Ushan, the zamindari right to collect revenue of the villages of Sutanuti. Kalikatta and Gobindapur on payment of 1200 rupees to the previous proprietors in 1700 the bengal factories were placed under fort william soon the villagers grew into a city known as calcutta
Bombay in 1662 King Charles II of England received Bombay as dowry on marrying a Portuguese princess in 1668 the crown transferred it to the company on an annual rent of 10 pounds and it was soon fortified in the wake of threats from the rising Maratha power Bombay quickly replaced Surat as the principal depot of the company on the west coast English and the Mughals internal developments of the company between 1615 and 1686 the company grew from strength to strength in 1625 the governors and directors of the company were given judicial powers in 1661 the company was empowered to send ships of war with men and ammunition for safety of the possessions overseas and 1683 it got full powers to declare war and make peace to raise and maintain an army as early as the 1680s the company had plans to secure english dominion in india and was determined to make indians pay for the conquest of their own country on several occasions the court of directors wrote to the company authorities advising them to adopt such a civil and military policy that would secure a large revenue and enable the english to maintain their force and make english a nation in india aurangzeb in 1680 aurangzeb had ensured a farman that the company's trade was to be customs free everywhere except surat in 1688 hostilities between the english and the mughal authorities first broke out when the english captured hooghly and declared war on emperor aurangzeb the english had seriously misjudged the situation and underestimated mughal strength they were soon defeated and driven out of the factories in bengal realizing that they were not at strong enough to fight the mughal power they once again decided to rely on humble entreaties and flattery and get concessions from the mughal emperor aurangzeb too readily pardoned the english for their mistakes as he saw that foreign trade benefited indian artisans and merchants and enriched the state treasury he therefore permitted them to res- resume trade on payment of 1.5 lakh rupees as compensation the farman of 1691 granted by aurangzeb exempted the english from payment of customs duties in bengal in return for an annual payment farukhsiar in 1717 the english East India Company succeeded in securing valuable privileges under a royal farman farman of 1717 by the Mughal emperor Farukhsiar described as the magna carta of the company the farman was instrumental in increasing company stronghold in Bengal the company later colonized Bengal followed by the rest of India provisions of the farman The farman confirmed the privileges granted in 1691 and extended them to Gujarat. It contained the following provisions: the British were allowed duty-free trade in Bengal in lieu of an annual payment of thirty thousand, exemption from payment of all dues at Surat in lieu of one-time settlement of ten thousand. 
the company retained its old privilege of exemption from payment of all duties in hyderabad and for madras was required to pay only the existing rent the company was allowed to rent more territory around calcutta the company was allowed to use their own currency minted at bombay throughout india the company was granted the right to issue passes or dastaks a permitting expen- exempting payment of transit duties for the movement of such goods the company's servants were also permitted to trade but were not covered under this farman and were required to pay the same taxes as indian merchants however the dastaks were later misused by the company's servants to carry out private trade the company's servants were paid low salaries and their income came from the permission the company granted them to carry on private trade within the company even a trade between india and europe was reserved for the company farman a source of conflict the provisions of the farman became a source of perpetual conflict between the company and the nawabs of bengal the strong nawabs of bengal such as murshid kuli khan and aliwardi khan objected to the english interpretation of the farman of 1717 they exercised strict control over the english traders and prevented them from misusing the dastaks despite strong political control by native rulers commercial affairs of the company flourished bengal bombay and calcutta became the nuclei of such activities large number of indian merchants and bankers were attracted to these cities as far as the company servants were concerned they were keen to take up service in india despite low salaries this was because they were permitted to carry on private trade in india on payment of same taxes as indian merchants we will see more uh, modern history podcast in the future stay connected